Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I'm going to share a, a brief message. You know, we uh, advertise this uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, uh, the title of the message is Like No Other, Like No Other. And uh, I, I, I don't know that today's really a note-taking day. Um, I think it's more of a declaration day of the goodness of God to, to everybody here. Some of you, this will be a reminder. Some of you, this will be a watering. Some of you, it will be the first time maybe that you've heard this. Um, I never thought I would actually have to say that, but it's actually true in our culture. You would think, you know, some people have made this statement. They said, well, somebody asked somebody one time, well, are you a Christian? And he said, yeah. And they said, well, how do you know? He said, well, I was born in America. (laughs) That doesn't quite cut it. (laughs) I love America. I love the country that God has placed me in. But uh, that's not how you get into the kingdom of heaven. And that's not how you get into the family of God. And the truth of the matter is, is that those that hate God or those that are counter or anti-Christ, as I would call them, um, have done a pretty good job of continuing to spread the lie that God is not either not real or that he hates you or that he's evil and all of these things. And so God, to counter that, gave us the gospel. In order to counter that, God sent Jesus he, I, I know in his mind, and we're going to see this, but I know in his mind he was thinking there's only one way to really express who I am. I'm going to have to go down there and fix this. The nice thing about the Lord is, and we'll see that through some of these points this morning, is simply this. He didn't come down here just to point out all your wrongs. Now, you have to deal with wrong. How many have kids? If you don't deal with it, you might get yourself in trouble. All right, you're going to wonder you're going to wonder what happened when they're 14, 15 and 16, but you got to deal with wrong. But God's primary purpose wasn't just pointing out wrong, it was pointing out his love to make us right. Most people don't need to be told that they're doing things wrong in their life. Now some do. There are some situations in life, some uh, very few what I've found individuals through the years that think that they're perfect just the way they are. All right. And, and, and the reality is most people, though, when they get by themselves or when their family and friends certainly let them know, but when they get by themselves either at night or they're alone in their own thoughts, they realize there are parts of me that are not the best. Or you've done or said things or you realize there's a nature within you that is not Christ-like. It's not perfectly holy. Now, my intention here is not to preach the Ten Commandments, but you know, one of them is thou shalt not lie. The reality is, is that God has this standard, and the standard is perfection in order to not only make heaven one day, as many understand it, but also to get into the kingdom and to be in the family. Now, a good father, a good creator would do this. He wouldn't just leave us in our current condition. He'd instruct us along the lines of what the right condition is. And then also, in this case, because of the covenant of grace, provide the proper sacrifice to put us into right standing with him. In other words, once I'm born again, because of the work of Jesus Christ, I no longer stand before the Lord guilty. I stand before the Lord as pure as his son is. 
Now, most people haven't heard that gospel. They've heard a twisted version because in our humanity, we think we need to make sure that somebody cleans up before they get to God. But I've got good news. Jesus was clean enough to open the door. The only thing that we need to do is very simply accept what he has done on our behalf. And so we don't, we don't, we're not, uh, we're not coming up with ways to get to God. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and he loves you, and he ain't mad at you. Now sometimes people think, well, you don't know what I've done. And I would argue this with you. You don't realize what Jesus has done. You're looking at God through the lens of your own works and who you are as an individual. You know you better than anybody instead of looking at God through the expression of what he declared in Christ. He didn't declare to you. God did not declare to you vengeance. He declared peace. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.19. And this is the New Living Translation. This is my first scripture here. That I want to share with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse number 19 says this. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What was he doing? Was God in Christ angry at the world? What was he doing? He was reconciling. Let's look at some of these uh, words as we read through this. Really let them sink into your thinking concerning the picture of who you think God is. No longer counting people's sins against them. Isn't that interesting? You know, a lot of times people don't read that. They think, oh no, he knows what I've done wrong. Yeah, but is he counting it against you? Or as, a, as an accountant would, is he saying, I'm going to reconcile the books. I'm not going to count against you what you've done wrong. I'm going to count for you what Christ has done right. Now, this takes faith to receive because oftentimes what hinders people is not necessarily their understanding of what God did. It's their understanding of who they are. And we know ourselves all too well. We need a new self. Ooh, I said a mouthful right there. <laughs> I didn't like the old me, so I didn't try to change the exterior I heard the gospel, and it changed the interior, which then changed the exterior. Well, are you saying, preacher, if I get saved, I'll wear a suit? Well, I hope you get liberated from the suit. <laughs> Twice a year. It's not about that. It's about a new heart. It's about a new nature on the inside of you. That's what it's about. So he goes on to say this in verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and that's what I am today. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I'm made right, you're made right with God through 
Christ. Billy Graham said this, the resurrection blasts apart the finality of death, providing an alternative to the stifling, settling dust of death and opens the way to new life. Jesus took your sin, even though you had, he had none, and in, in exchange gave you his perfection. That's what he did. Now that is not fair. But that is favor. Fair is something balanced out and earned. It's, you know, what would be fair? Well, I worked harder than this person and I should receive something more. But God said, no, I'm going to level the playing field so I can get those who think they're going to make it under the law even though they're not and who those who don't even care about me, don't even think about me, don't even believe in me. I'm going to level the playing field by making it all about grace and not about do's and don'ts. And so he presented Christ this is a story like no other. We see in Isaiah chapter 49 that it actually was a, a story that was presented long before Jesus ever got here. And the prophet Isaiah actually prophesied about Christ and his love and the demonstration of that love 700 years before Jesus was ever on the earth. Isaiah chapter 49, verse number 13 says, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out into singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. Maybe you feel like the Lord has forsaken you. And my Lord has forgotten me. Maybe you think the Lord has forgotten you. And the Lord says this, can a woman forget her nursing child? And the answer is, yes, a woman may. Uh, 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 we live in a culture where this still goes on today, where parents abandon children. They may, but the Lord said, surely they may never, or they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Now let's look at verse 16 because this is really the, the main point of the argument. He says this, the Lord says this, I have inscribed you on the what? Palms of my hands. Where do you think that inscription took place in the natural? How about on last Friday? When Jesus had nails put into each one of his hands. What did, what did he do? He said, look, I'm going to prove to you. Come on, some of you, uh, we live in a culture and, and there are many in here uh, that have tattoos, right? Many, that's just a common thing. It's body art, those type of things. That word inscribed means to tattoo. That word inscribed, and what is a tattoo? A tattoo is a breaking of the skin, right? And ink goes where? Into what? But there's blood, correct? Woo. So Jesus went ahead and said, I'm going to put my, my name on my, your name on my body. And I'm, going to, I'm telling you, you are mine. And you are mine to such a degree that for eternity, your imprint will be on me. I love you so much that I'm going to die for you, put your imprint upon my body before you ever receive me. 
This is the declaration of the prophet Isaiah concerning the Christ who would come and who rose on this day, Jesus. You are so loved by him that he imprinted scars. Now people think, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, he had those scars and he still has them. They're still there. Come on, those of you that are believers, his healing power is inscribed on his back. Forever. Not for a few days. Forever. Thomas said, I won't believe unless I see the holes. Jesus said, holes. Thomas, come put your hand in my Stop doubting. Believe. God engraved his children's names on his hands. The word engrave means to cut into, signifying its permanence. God can never forget Zion's children. Secondly, he is a man like no other. Jesus said in John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus was what? He was a man like no other. Why? Because he was 100% God and he was 100% man. Now, if you want to communicate with somebody of a different culture and a different language, what do you need? You need a translator, right? So what did God do? He needed a translator. So what was the, who was the one that translated? God said, well, they're not going to come up to me anymore because they rejected me in the garden, so I'm going to have to put on skin and go down to them. And that's what Jesus did. He is, Jesus is the perfect expression of the Father. You know, many times people have qualms with the church. They have arguments with the church. They, well, I know this Christian and they did this to me. And I know this person and they did that to me. And they claim they're a Christian. Or I know about this, this particular ministry and they had scandals and they were stealing money. And, and, the, and all of these things are going around. And people use them as excuses not to believe in Jesus. Even though in the depths of their heart they know that Jesus is the right answer. He's the only way. But I would say this to you. Don't look at anybody else. Look at Jesus. You know, I appreciate uh, the culture's desire to be able to present people of peace to us. And so for years, even in the ministry, I've heard people use Gandhi as an example of peace and unity and all these things. But Gandhi did not believe in Jesus. So as much good as he did, it is all for naught. Because unless you receive Christ... Unless there is the reception of Jesus Christ, there is no heaven to gain. Gandhi is not the example. Politicians are not the example. Preachers and and Christians should be an example, but we are not the example. Jesus Christ is the example. He is the express image of the Father. 
He is 100% man and 100% God. And this makes him a man like no other. Jesus understood the condition of man perfectly as a man and the heart of God perfectly as God. He expressed this perfectly when he was on the earth ministering in the flesh. Jesus brought a message of no condemnation. John chapter 8 verse number 1 says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. In other words, she was in the act of sin. Can you imagine if our church service got interrupted by that today? You know, we think, people think today, oh, we're more sophisticated. We're the same that they were then. We need the same Jesus. We just have technology, a little more technology. But as one minister put it in our men's Bible study, he wrote it this way, to say that we've increased as a culture and advanced as a culture because our technology is advanced is like saying a cannibal has advanced because he has a knife and a fork. No, the heart of man is still the same. That was a vision for some of you. You had a vision. Go on right then. You'd, uh, oh, that actually makes sense. Of course it makes sense. Why? Because the heart of man needs a redeemer. And the redeemer is Jesus Christ. The redeemer is Jesus Christ. So this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And this is where most people have experienced church people. Because it was the religious people that brought her in. Verse 3 says, Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that she should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, As though he did not hear. You know, sometimes it's good to just act like you didn't hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it begin being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, watch this, beginning with the oldest even to the last or the youngest. In other words, the oldest were like, yeah, I've done a lot of dumb stuff. And the youngest were like, I'm probably pretty good. No, I'm not. (laughs) Youthful pride. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman... Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, this is an interesting statement. I, I get so excited about this statement. The word condemn means to judge against or to damn. To judge worthy of punishment. The imputation of a crime. Jesus, a man like no other, brought a message to us. Neither do I condemn you. 
Jesus has a message to all humanity in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that message is, I do not sentence you to damnation. I do not judge you worthy of punishment, but rather redemption. I will take your spot of damnation and punishment. Jesus' message as represented here is, I will take your damnation for you if you will receive my sacrifice. When we receive him as our substitute, we are washed completely clean and empowered to walk free of the dominion of Satan and sin. Thirdly, he has a name like no other. It is the name that is above every name. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 9 says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The apostles in the, in the book of Acts and those that were believers in the book of Acts preached this same message. We see it in Acts chapter 4 verse number 11. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the name above every name and the only name under heaven by which humanity can be saved. This word saved deals with our eternity, with, with God in heaven. Jesus is the saving door which we pass through to access our eternal heavenly home. In addition, the word saved also provides for the effects of death that we face here on earth. Jesus not only rescues our eternity, but also provides for our temporary. Praise the Lord. This word saved means to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to heal disease or to restore health, and to bring deliverance. Jesus provides for all our needs. Lastly, he is a love, and Jesus expressed a love like no other. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a love like no other because he paid the full penalty for our sins and brought us into unity with God when we were his enemies. Luke chapter 23 verse number 32 says this. There were also two others, criminals. This is, the, this is uh, to paint a picture in your mind. This is the setting where the, th where the three, Jesus and the two criminals, were on the cross at the crucifixion. So there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, which is also where we get the word, it means Golgotha, the place of the skull, all of that. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand, and one on the left. Then Jesus said, verse 34, this is such a powerful verse. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, what? Forgive them. Now, when I, I, I actually was driving home, worship team, if you want to come, I actually was driving home. Uh, Friday morning after uh, breakfast and I had the radio on and I was listening to uh, a minister's talk actually it was the, the radio host just reading through the accounts 
in Scripture about what took place from the time of Friday all the way to, to Sunday. And they read this particular verse. And the Lord just hit me with it. Do you know preachers are farmers? I got to keep your attention here because it's really interesting to watch the lid be pulled off the baptismal. <laughs> preachers are farmers. Anybody who's a disciple of Christ is a seed spreader. We're seed waters. Every human is soil. And Jesus' words are seeds. And I've read several scriptures to you today that declare that God loves you that he's not holding anything against you. And I felt like this was the, the one to wrap it up. Father, forgive them. Now, if you just get into, not that the natural side of the crucifixion is unimportant, because it's not, it, it plays an obvious role. But if you just get into that and you miss the words... You can miss a whole lot. You can miss a ton. Because in that moment, Jesus is the perfect represent, representation of humanity and the perfect representation of God. Pray to prayer for you. Made a declaration for you and for me. And it wasn't one of condemnation. It was one of what? Forgiveness. Now, there is something to be said here concerning the, uh, the torture that he was going through. If you think about, he's hanging on a cross. He's been beat. He's lost a lot of blood. He's got a crown of thorns on his head. He's got nailed through his feet and nails through his hands. He's hanging in such a position that actually was designed to suffocate him to death. If you want to practice later without all the other stuff, have your arms lifted up and your legs bent and you have to hold yourself up. But imagine he's got that nail through both his feet. So every time he pushes down to set himself up so that he can breathe, what goes through his feet? And in the midst of that, because of the clarity of the purpose of heaven, he says, not strike them all dead. How many know Jesus, when the Roman soldiers were, had him blindfolded and they were hitting him in the face, not only with sticks, but with their fists and spitting on him. And they said, you can go back and read it in the gospels. They said, Prophesy to us, man of God, who hit you? Do you know Jesus, as the creator of all, could have very easily stood up and said, here's a prophetic word, dissolve. 
But he didn't do that. He kept extending something that humanity does not extend without the resurrection, without being born again. He kept extending forgiveness and mercy. Every time you've spit in his face, forgiveness, mercy. Every time you hit the master, you lie, you cheat, you steal, you turn your back on him, you adulterize, you fornicate, you get into things that are what we would call sin. You cheat on this, you steal in business, all of these things. All of these things deserve an accounting. They deserve a reconciliation. They deserve a mandate To be what? Taken care of or judged. And God knows that. But in his compassion, in his mercy, in his love, he didn't hang on the cross or get to that point through the motivation of revenge. But he got there through the motivation of compassion. And instead of you and I receiving judgment today, wrath today being poured out on me, I have favor with God. Through the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Was the payment for sin horrendous? Absolutely. But don't be prideful and not receive the payment hoping that you'll be able to somehow get around the system. You can't get around the system. I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. So if everybody would just bow their heads and close their eyes, just to focus. This isn't about anybody else around you. We're going to water baptize some people. It's going to be powerful after this. But I want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ or to rededicate your life to him this morning. I hope to see every visitor again for... Till Jesus comes. <laughs> but I may never see you again. But I can see you again if you receive Christ. Because we'll meet in heaven. And so I want to give that opportunity. I want you to hear again. The Lord is not holding your sins against you, He's giving you opportunity. I want you to hear again. The Lord is saying to you, I forgive you. I know that you've done things in ignorance. I know that you've done things that you know you shouldn't have, but I forgive you and I want you to receive my forgiveness. So if you're in this place this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus or you just know, oh, I've walked off. I shouldn't have, but I have. And I need to get back to him. Would you please just raise your hand where you're at? We're just going to pray with you. Ushers, if you'll help me. Yes, thank you. Is there anybody else? In the lobby area, if you see anybody watching online. Nothing? Okay. Yep, I see that hand there in the back. I see you. Anybody else? Just want to give you... I I need to say this too, just 
in this, still this attitude here of, of honoring the Lord and just taking this moment. We're not in a hurry. In prayer this morning, as I was praying for this service, I just, I had this come up inside of me. And it was simply this. Every person must stand before God individually. You must decide for yourself. Forget about everybody else that's around you right now. What is in your heart? I know sometimes people count the cost and they think, well, if I give my heart to Jesus, then I'll lose these friends or I'll lose this loved one or, or this person won't, you know, it's going to change everything. Yes, it will. I'm not going to lie to you. It will change everything. But you're talking about God and eternity. You're talking about the Son of God. You're not talking about something temporal. You're not talking about something that is going to end. You need to make the decision for you between you and the Lord. So I'm just going to scan again one more time. If that's you before we pray, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Just go ahead and raise your hand where you're at. Okay, praise God. Can you check? Uh, do you see anybody out there, Travis, as far as? Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, why don't we pray together with those that have made this decision today? Amen. Everybody with you or with me, if you'd pray with us. Thank you, Father. Say this with me, Heavenly Father. Thank you that your son Jesus came to this earth. Lived a sinless life. And died on the cross for our sins. I believe he rose from the dead. So that I could receive forgiveness. Become your child. And receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent of my sin. I not only receive the gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. The scripture also says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I want to do this. Um, Rick, do you have a new believers box with you there? Oh, there on the side over here? Oh, you have one over there. Okay, so the ushers, some of the ushers, Travis has one in the back here. If you raise your hand, we want to give you a new believers pack. This is one of our new believers packs. It's got information in there to help you get started. I think there's a t-shirt in there from us or something like that. You can go get one anyway. Yeah, you can get one at the Welcome Center. But don't leave here without that. Now, maybe you say, you know, I probably should have raised my hand, but I didn't. 
You're in a Pentecostal church. There's liable to be preaching back. Okay, so. Even if you don't do it now, so to speak, which I'm good with, see one of our ushers and get a hold of that pack. Um, go see an usher afterwards when we're done baptizing. If you don't, if you didn't raise your hand, and we'll get, they'll get you to Rick and to Luann, and they'll be able to get you started in that direction. So, man, praise the Lord, huh? How fast do you think I can baptize? Man, I can run them through. <laughs> but we're here to celebrate baptism. So I have to go do the Superman thing. Did I forget anything? You got it? Okay. I have to go do the Superman thing and change and then come back out. And then we're going to celebrate with 14 people that are going to be water baptized today. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, before we run a video here real quick, um, if you have kids that are being baptized, go ahead and run downstairs and grab them. They should have them ready for you. We'll let them get out and go get them. All right, and you can go ahead and run that video. Jesus did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Being lowered in the water represents our old life dying. Life dying. Just as Jesus was dead and buried, our past and future sins are gone forever. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. When we are raised out of the water, it represents our new life in Christ. Just as Jesus was resurrected, we are we are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Has come. Today, today we celebrate as people take their next step and tell the world that Jesus has brought them from death to life. Today we celebrate the miracle of a changed life based upon their profession in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are buried with Christ and raised to life. Praise the Lord. How many are ready to witness some baptisms this morning? If you have somebody, family member, who's getting baptized, just know that uh, we want you to come up and take pictures. So uh, have somebody with your phone to come up here and grab a picture of you when you're being baptized. Um, and then when, once you're done taking that picture, you can go back to your seat so we can get the other person up here and have room for that as well. So I'm going to read off the names of the baptizees. I don't even think that's a word. But as I read your name, you'll come and Rayson will help you get um, in order as um, how I read those. Are we going this way? All right, we're coming this way, all right? So we've got Hunter, Haven, and Hale Harp. Don, 
Yep, watch your step there. Mo Kleinsaucer. Tom. Nevaeh Magnus. Shelby. Jessica, Nevada, Natalia, and Naraya, Naraya, excuse me, Castro. This and we encourage you to rejoice with them. There's going to be singing in between and worshiping. Just enjoy it. in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. May I not forget the blood he shed. It is by his death. I am Okay, hold on. All right, we have Hunter here. She's going to share why she's being baptized today. I want to get baptized because I want to let the world that I know I love Jesus. Okay, we have Haven. Haven's eyes got healed. I want to get baptized because Jesus healed my eyes and I love him. This is Hale. I'm going to get baptized because I want to see the King of Heaven and I want to let the world know I love Jesus.
Okay, here's Dawn. I'm gonna pray for her eyes too. Yeah, thank you. So I didn't believe that God heard my prayers because my prayers were unacceptable. So I had no communication with God for 17 years. So he left the 99 for me and I know he hears my prayers. I'm good enough and I wanna be baptized because I love Jesus and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Okay, we got Cain. I want to get baptized because um, I want to accept um, Jesus as my Lord and Savior um, and, and live forever. We have Mo. <clears throat> I'm gonna try to say this without crying. Sorry. Uh, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm only here by the grace of God. He has helped me to be strong as I have quit drinking. And, and, and many other things that I was doing when I was drinking. Forgive me. No one made here. I want to walk with God the rest of my life. I want to be a child of God. And God's unconditional love. Yeah.
Okay, we have Tom. I want to get baptized today that my heart will be open to the written word and to have the Holy Spirit guide me for the rest of my life. So Tom, Tom had some skin cancer healed. That was, so praise God. I'm getting baptized because I want to show the world that I am not ashamed of Jesus. Shelby. Today I'm getting baptized because <laughs> after years and years of drowning, I've finally reached my hand out for Jesus to pull me out of the darkness. He has saved me from myself, and in doing that, he saved my children's lives as well. And he's saving my marriage. <laughs> Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And with him, I can now have peace and a hopeful future. Jessica. I'm getting baptized because I'm ready to start a new chapter in my life with Jesus guiding my way. Yeah. 
This is Nevada. I want to be baptized because I want to be safe and let Jesus know that I love him. We have Natalia. This is why I'm here, for the sake of my protection and Jesus. We have Naraya. I'm getting baptized for my safety and health. Amen. Jesus has safety and health. Avery Whiff, this is a spur of the moment right here. Or, <laughs> okay, you ready? I love Jesus and I want to make God Lord my, of my life. I'll stand this morning. Isn't that awesome? He is so good. He is so good. He is risen. He's alive. And he's alive in us. Amen? We're going to pray real quick, but I want to let you know that um, afterwards, if you need prayer for anything, if you gave your heart to the Lord, or maybe you thought, oh, I should have, well, guess what? There's another opportunity. We're going to have prayer altar care workers up here um, to uh, my right, your left. So if you need prayer for anything, please see them. Uh, please see an usher if you can't quite get up here. Um, but we just want to invite you to do that. And then, um, man, let's just take a moment and just rejoice. And thank the Lord. Come on with your own. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Father. Lord, you're so faithful. 
man, I'm so good. You're so good. I'm so glad that you invaded our lives and our space, that you, that you provided a way so that we can live with you forever. But then, Father, walk with you in this earth and have victory. Oh, we're so thankful to you today, Lord. We're so grateful. We honor you. We love you. And we worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Am I forgetting any announcements? Come back. We want to see you. We'll see you Wednesday. And then next Sunday at 1030, blessings to you. Have a wonderful, blessed Resurrection Sunday celebrating the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Love you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.